Welcome to the Enlightened Practice Podcast, brought to you by the Luminello Electronic Medical Record folks. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Braslow and Dr. Carrie Kagan. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Ken. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about reviews and whether or not, as a clinician, uh, you should be soliciting them, uh, what we think about them conceptually, and um, where to go with all of this. Uh, In the old days, uh, things were mostly word of mouth. And I would say mostly now, uh, that's how it is in my practice. Most people Mm -hmm. come to me uh, via word of mouth. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain something to be said for reviews on public websites, um, social proof, if you will. And, uh, you know, may help people pick when they're overwhelmed. Uh, and seeing a lot of different clinicians, and if somebody has good reviews, uh, why not? And even insurance companies sometimes solicit reviews uh, yeah. of their uh, clinicians. So this is a little bit dangerous territory, though, because as opposed to like my dentist who has requested I review him on Yelp um, as I'm uh, walking out the door, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, we uh, have to be really mindful of the challenges that we face in mental health and um, the overlap here of our business and uh, our clinical work. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would say there's different kinds of reviews that we should just be clear about. Um, there's reviews where you're getting uh, your business is being reviewed even though if it's about how you are as a clinician, it's going under your business profile, let's say on Yelp or Google. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's non-public reviews that are um, outcome measures. So I'm curious on your take on how do you feel about, let's start with the easier one with the non-public reviews, mm-hmm. um, outcome measures at the, let's say end of your work or halfway through your work with the client. What's your take on those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think outcome measures can be really valuable. Um, clinical and like clinical data. I think it's not always easy for a client or a patient to um, give you direct feedback necessarily in a session. And so I think it's nice as the therapist to provide an opportunity for clients to um, give you feedback in a like more structured kind of way, like circling on a, you know, on a scale of one to five, how satisfied are they? And that kind of, those kinds of questions. I think it can be really valuable clinical information. And also, yeah, from like a professional perspective, um, you know, it's important for us to know, to understand what our clients' experiences are and that will help us learn and grow. Okay, so overall, yeah, net favorable on that. Now, what do you think about third parties like insurance companies uh, asking their? It's maybe let's say not going to be published publicly, but okay. for their own internal metrics. What's your take on that? Um, I think I don't have as much um, experience with how that process works with insurance companies asking for their clients, if you will, to review the therapist that they're seeing. Um, I imagine it would be valuable information for a client to have like that access to that information. Like what have other people's experiences been of this therapist? Um, uh, I, I also don't know what, how 
that works in terms of confidentiality and and also the thing that I think is kind of unique about therapy, although I guess it could be true for lots of professions, is it can be kind of subjective too. So review that's where reviews are a little bit tricky is one person's experience could be really different than another's. Um so um yeah, so I just think it's something that as you're evaluating um a therapist is worth considering like that there's just unique experiences from each person that's reviewing. But I don't know, as far as the insurance companies go asking for reviews, I think, I guess it, I can see the value in it to other clients who are considering um, starting with that therapist. Um, what's your, you might have mm-hmm. more experience well, with insurance. I'm a little uh, weary of what they're doing with the data. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's for the public good. Um, that would be lovely. But are they using it to uh, somehow set your rates uh, to it down the road? Uh, you, the relationship with the insurance company is um, one of like overlapping um, right. zones of interest, but not you're not necessarily in alignment with them always. And so you don't want that piece of data to drive a wedge in between the two of you should you need to come together, let's say if there's litigation or uh, another um, non-optimal outcome um, where you want to be in alignment with them for whatever reason. Um, That said, uh, I think it it leads to the bigger picture about reviews in general Mm -hmm. and the value of uh, patients and clients uh, publicizing good therapists or bad, um, but um, the overlap of uh, how you are getting that data out there. I guess if a patient or client just on their own reviews you publicly, let's say on Yelp, mm-hmm. um, well, one, there's nothing you can really do about it. So maybe not much to say there, but should you be asking your patients or clients to do reviews or something more indirect, like in the waiting room, having a little uh, flyer that says, if you had a good experience, um, please review me here. If you didn't, please discuss with me. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now it's getting a little bit grayer. Um, And I think that it's risky. I mean, for starters, um, what position does it put your client in right. if they don't want to leave a good review, but they think you'll be hurt or offended or angry? And those are the issues that they struggle with in the first place. And it changes the therapeutic relationship from uh, one of complete alignment to now you're in opposition with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, you could say psychodynamically, well, that's great. It's more grist for the mill. They can process how uncomfortable they felt with you about <laughs> your request to them. On mm-hmm. the flip side, uh, if they could do that in the first place, they might not need you for therapy. And that's part of what they, they struggle with. And yeah. uh, so it's yeah. it's a precarious position um, to put the, the client in. And you know, think about restaurant reviews. Most people... <laughs> leave one star reviews. Um, then I think the second most common is five star reviews and then like vastly, um, lower quantity or like three star 
middle of the road because most people don't go out have an average meal and say well i gotta i gotta review that um, <laughs> so you know it's like well what do you do if a review is left and it's super positive super negative or in the middle so maybe we should go through that uh, yeah. but any other thoughts before we go to that on your thoughts about clinicians asking yeah uh, clients either directly or subtly for a review right yeah, my initial thoughts on that are the the main issue that comes to mind for me is um, confidentiality. That it, you would want to be really mindful to not make a client feel like they have to uh, give their review just because you're asking, um, especially if they just want if they prefer you know to be anonymous <laughs> or confidential. Um, so you know that I would I think that the the client's needs should definitely come before yours as far as like the need for a review. So it's just something to, you know, we, we like the ethics code says do no harm. So if for some reason asking for that review would be part, would be harmful to the client in some way, then I would not be, you know, I would, I would caution against it. I think hearing the, a more like indirect approach where it's totally like up to the client, I could, um, I could, that feels a little bit more like it doesn't, you know, put a client in a position to have to say no, which could be really hard. And they can kind of take it, take, you know, the, they can decide to do the review if they want, but they don't have to. Um, and they don't have to like directly say no, which can be really hard to do. Um, what, what would you think about a hybrid if at the end of treatment, they did a clinical outcome measure that you were going to do anyway for your mm -hmm. professional growth? And they said they had a great experience and, and you were terminating mm -hmm. at that point. Do you think it's reasonable to ask for a public review? I have to think about that, but I still think um, I think I think just because of the dynamic in the relationship between therapist and client, um, there's potential, even though this is not necessarily true, but I think there's a potentially for the potential for the therapist to be viewed as an authority figure. And in which case it would be, it just adds extra challenges to say, no, like you don't want to disappoint your therapist. And so I think in general, um, I don't want to put the burden on the client to have to say no, that would be even no at any point. Like even at the end, I, I think that's reasonable. I mean, is there ever an end? You know, if the door is always open <laughs> yeah. for them to come back. Uh, yeah. Now, do they feel they can't come back if they didn't want to do a review? Or they were right. too busy, or um, even if they wrote a good review, um, if yeah. they don't know if it met to your approval, right? Uh, so it creates anxiety in them. Um, okay, so yeah. let's say that you don't ask for a review, but somebody posts a review spontaneously on their own, or you did ask yeah. for a review, either right. one. Now uh, mm -hmm. let's run through the scenarios. Let's say a um, positive review is left, um, and you can tell uh, because it's not anonymous, you're not posting anonymously usually. Mm -hmm. um, would you say anything to the client at all? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think because of, again, like the nature of therapy and, and like that confidentiality is an important thing. I just think even whether it's 
communicating through the the um, the domain. So like, let's say Yelp, or even if it was just on the side, I think um, in general, I wouldn't necessarily initiate like a casual conversation with a client outside of session unless we had like a plan to talk about something. So I would not necessarily do that in response to review either. Um, and also, yeah, through the, a public domain. Now, of course, if I felt a client was like unfairly disparaging, I think there are steps that someone can take through something like Yelp where you can request for a review to be taken down or something like that. If there was, I think that there are some ways of navigating that on, in the case of a really negative <laughs> review. Um, but I wouldn't on a, on the in the case of either positive or negative, I would not. I, I don't think I would. Um, I would open the door to potential conversation between me and the client around the review. Um, mm-hmm. I guess not. Actually, now I'm thinking about it a little bit. I might send a, a quick thank you email <laughs> just to mm-hmm. acknowledge, but. I even then would have to think about it a little bit more. What mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? I'm torn on this one. I feel like it's a communication to you outside of session. And how would mm-hmm. I handle any other communication to me outside of session? I would mm-hmm. wait for the next session and then uh, perhaps see what they wanted to talk about, but maybe leave a little bit of the time at the end to say, you know, I noticed um, this review came in. I got alerted when it did. And uh, it's under your name. Is this actually you? And if so, um, would you like to discuss anything um, more about it? Um, I think if it were positive, I wouldn't um, push them to tell me again how glowing their experience has been. (laughs) Um, I think if it were negative, I might have a conversation with them about um, not about the review, but about their experience and right. what it would have been like or meant to them to say that to me directly as opposed to indirectly mm-hmm. and to try and use that material for their understanding and growth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, assuming that I um, wasn't so angry <laughs> about the review that I wasn't <laughs> capable of continuing to working to, to work with them. And if I were, then I guess I would process that with them and talk about the uh, the disconnect. What would you do if a patient left you a, a fine review? <laughs> you know, not not bad, but nothing great. Would you treat it any differently or? Yeah, I mean, I think if similar to what you're saying, if they were an active client, it would definitely be something uh, worth at least opening the door to exploring in session together. If they were not an active client, um, I would probably just leave it. Um, and if they ever came back or something like that, then maybe it would be something worth talking about. Um, yeah, that's what I, that's those are my initial thoughts to the average yeah, review. No, <laughs> yeah, that resonates. Yeah. So one more category of reviews, and that's. Um, reviews that you it's not called reviews it's uh feedback performance in practice feedback uh for uh, american board of psychiatry neurology it's one of the ways you can fulfill your um, continuing uh, board 
uh, requirements is um, by asking patients to rate you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if on uh, the psychologist side of things, if that comes up at all? Not that I know of. For board or licensure? Yeah, no, not that I know of. Okay. I feel like it's interesting that this is a a board that deals with psychiatrists, mm-hmm. um, that they're okay with you asking for feedback from patients for your own purposes outside of the patient's growth. Yeah. In other words, if you're telling the patient, I'm doing this so I can continue my board certification, what is the patient supposed to think? <laughs> like, yeah. oh, if I don't give you a good review, you're going to lose your, your board status right. and then go out of business and, you know, you can't work with me anymore. Right. Um, or I'm going to ruin your career. It is a lot of pressure. So I've, I've hesitated to go that route with my, uh, with my clientele. Uh, there's other ways that we can Okay. Uh, maintain our, our board status without having to go that route. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious if, if given the opportunity, would you go that route with your clients um, at all? Or would you um, phrase it in such a way that this is primarily for my growth, um, but also um, I'll be submitting this uh, to my, my board certification body? Or would you just skip it? Um, my dip- My answer might change on a case by case basis, but my, yeah, I think in general, my, in the review topic, I lean, I err on the side of not asking um, because of, yeah, the, the position it, it possibly puts the client in and, you know, like that kind of, like we were just saying responsibility, like, oh, does this, like, do I have to give you a good review or else there's going to be a major consequence, whether it's, you lose your board certification or there's some kind of relationship consequence. So I think in general, I would err towards the side of not directly asking. Um, and that, but again, case by case, cause I could imagine that there might be certain kinds of clients or like relationship experiences in which case it might for whatever reason feel like more comfortable or make more sense to ask um, directly. But I would have to, it would depend on a lot of different clinical factors. Okay, so not a blanket uh, approach, but more of a case by case. I think that sounds reasonable. Yeah. Okay, Carrie. Well, thanks so much for your thoughts here today. It was uh, was great chatting about this and um, looking forward to continuing the conversation soon. Sounds good. Take care. Bye. If you liked today's podcast and want to hear more, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have a question you'd like to be discussed on a future podcast, send it to enlightenedpractice at luminello.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.